Hey, everybody, it's Christian Pedersen joined by Dan Dickow. We're back for another episode of the Gonzaga Nation podcast. Thank you very much for checking in with us. If you are new here, make sure you search and subscribe to Fan Nation Zags on any social media so you can follow us for the best Gonzaga coverage all season long. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts by searching Gonzaga Nation. Dan, thank you very much for joining us. As of us recording this today, we are less than a month out from the craziness in the kennel. We are less than two months out from actual, like, consistent Gonzaga games being available to watch and consume both in person and on television, wherever you are in the broadcasting spectrum. So let's do some schedule talk. Is that okay? Can we get into the nitty gritty just a little bit now that the year is kind of finally here? Might as well, because uh, Gonzaga still hasn't dropped their official schedule. Um, You're trying to get bits and pieces from the other teams releasing their schedule. There was one that just came out in the last couple of days, um, but Gonzaga still has one, maybe two openings, if I'm not mistaken, that they've got to fill. And, uh, you know, I would expect that release to happen any day. I mean, shoot. So maybe uh, maybe this is just the nitty and not the gritty. Um, yeah, you could, I, you could, you could put it that way. I mean, it's, it's close to being finalized from my understanding. Um, but you know, the, the last school or two that they're in negotiations with to get a, a, a game done uh contract hasn't been signed and so you're not gonna put that out there until a contract has been signed okay fair enough so we will get into the nitty but not the gritty of the schedule we'll give everybody a little bit of a teaser we can definitely talk about the front end of the schedule a little bit more concretely ha- uh they open up uh against Yale and then they move on to the Maui gym invitational let's talk about uh, the Yale game and then or the Maui gym invitational because there was uh, some headlines coming out about the Maui Invitational's location and games being played. Yeah, I mean, obviously there's been, everybody knows or should know about the devastating fires uh, in Maui that have kind of just completely torn apart Lahaina, which is where the Maui Invitational has been played since its inception, other than the COVID year or two where they had to play in different places. But uh, that tournament has always been played at the Lahaina Civic Center. Um, the Civic Center was spared by the fire, but it's been serving as kind of like a uh, kind of a hub for getting people back on their feet, uh, being able to be take care of community services and those kind of things. So uh, they've been searching for secondary options, ideas of where to host a tournament. And they've kind of, uh, well, they haven't, they, they have fully been, they're fully set now on playing the tournament in Hawaii, which is, I think is great. You know, there was talk of Las Vegas, there was talk of San Diego, different places like that. But glad to see that the tournament is staying in Hawaii. It's going to be played in Honolulu, though, um, instead of Maui. Uh, but the nice thing is, is especially for Gonzaga fans who want to travel, Instead of being in the Lahaina Civic Center, where there's roughly 1,800, 2,000 seats, uh, they're playing on the University of Hawaii's campus in the gym there, seats close to 10,000. So uh, it's going to be a much easier ticket for people to get to. Honolulu is uh, obviously a much easier place to get to as well. It's a little cheaper for flights, a little cheaper for hotels, um, much many more options there. So uh, all in all, good news tournament is still going on in Hawaii. Um, and so though that's the latest in regards to the Maui Invitational. Let's talk about the games themselves. Then what's 
what you know, we, we know Purdue and then it sounds like Tennessee or Syracuse would be that second option, but what's the vibe going into the Maui Invitational for this Gonzaga roster? Are you looking for blowout wins? Are you like, hey, we just got to hold on by 10 against Purdue? Give some of the people what you're really trying to be like, hey, these are my main three hopeful takeaways from this you know, first couple games. Well, it's going to be a, a bloodbath of a tournament. I mean, I, I think this might be the best early preseason ranked field that's ever been to a Maui Invitational. You could take it a step further and possibly say it might be even the most loaded field for any of these kind of tournaments. Uh, you look at Purdue, who Gonzaga opens with. They're going to be preseason number one in a lot of polls. Kansas is out there. They're going to be number one in some of the preseason polls. You mentioned Tennessee. They've been really good as of late. They're a top 10-ish team to start the season. Uh, Syracuse. Be kind. They're to be be kind. Well, they're, they're, yeah, yes, I know you're a Syracuse alum, but they're to be determined. Nobody knows what to expect because Bayheim's gone. Coach Autry uh, has been there for a number of years, but is he going to keep implementing that zone? Is he going to have his own wrinkles offensively? Are they going to have a plan? I mean, that was one thing with – with Syracuse is offensively, you never knew what they were going to do for the most part uh, because I, I don't want to say they just rolled the ball out, but coach Bayheim really trusted his top player or two to create opportunities and, and to be the guy that kind of just provided uh, uh, scoring opportunities for themselves or others. They didn't play with a lot of, free-flowing continuity. They were Carmelo kind of a, an his iso his type of team. Yes. Carmelo, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony basketball became the signature style on offense, yes. Yeah, but you know what? If, if you recruit the, the, the right kind of player to fit that, it can work, and it worked for a long time for Coach Beheim. So I think the biggest thing for that will be, you know, the what they do on the defensive end of the floor. And then you look at uh, some, a couple of the other teams. Marquette has a chance to be a final four type team this year. I mean, they're, they should be preseason top 10. Um, and I know I'm missing a team or two in regards to, to the mean, Dan, field, but setting this it's up loaded. That, are you setting this up that, are you trying to be, hey, Gonzaga could lose some games here and let's not freak out? Are you trying to soften the blow here? Or do you think that they can still go toe-to-toe with you know potential preseason number ones? I think it, it can go both ways, to be honest with you. I think Gonzaga's roster is talented enough to be considered um that caliber uh but but think about it you're replacing an all-timer in in drew timmy you're replacing a first round draft pick in julian strother you're replacing a lot and you got to figure out where the production is going to come from now if you look at last year's team i think they were overrated going into the season they took some bumps and bruises early on and then they 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 were challenged. They grew. They improved, and they maximized their their abilities and their opportunities by the end of the year. I think this is a Gonzaga team that um, is very talented. And I haven't been to a practice yet. I plan on getting there in the next couple of weeks before craziness in the kennel because uh, myself and Greg Heister, Richard Fox, will be broadcasting that for KHQ and SWX. But we don't know what this this team's going to look like without Drew Timmy. I mean, everything has been focused on him scoring opportunities the last couple of years uh, and rightfully so. So it's, it's, it's going to be a work in progress, but I think it's going to be a fun work in progress. I think they, they can definitely compete, but I don't think they know what they're going to be at this moment in time. 
I think the Maui Invitational could show a lot as to what they're going to be, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised or I wouldn't be heartbroken or disappointed um, if Gonzaga doesn't play or have the results that many fans are going to want. Because again, the expectations are so outlandish for this program now that they're hard to uh, continue to meet game in, game out, event in, event out, season after season. Um, that being said, they're going to be good. This is going to be a great team. But do I think they're going to win the Maui Invitational? I'm not ready to go there just yet. Fair enough. Let's talk about the month of December then for what we've got lined up is uh, at Washington, home versus Jackson State, home versus San Diego State. Not entirely a cakewalk to to follow up the Maui Invitational. Your thoughts on some of their December games? Well, uh, that UW game is, uh, I mean, you want to call it a rivalry game just because it's a big school in the state, but Gonzaga has handled that uh, series uh, over the last 15, 20 years. Um, so I, I, that's a fun game for Gonzaga fans to get the win and kind of have the bragging rights amongst the state. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's there's been a lot of fluctuation and changes in, in UW's roster. Uh, you know, they lost a, a scoring guard, Minifield, um, that had a chance to be really good for him, but Keon Brooks decided to stay. Um, so so they do have some talent there over at UW, but um, it'll, it's, it's just a fun game to have on the schedule. The other one or two games really in, in the month of December that are providing a lot of interest would be the, the game against UConn in the battles in Seattle at Climate Pledge, um, where they get a chance to, uh, you know, I don't want to say avenge the loss to UConn who would become the national champs, but that's the way a lot of people look at it. I think it's a tremendous, uh, you know, scheduling uh, coup for Gonzaga to, to go ahead and get the defending champs on the schedule again. They come to Seattle this year. They return the game by, by going back East at Madison square garden next season. So I think that's great. Uh, and then the other one would be the San Diego state, another, national title contending team from a season ago they, they were in the national title game so if you look at the talent of programs that gonzaga plays i mean the the, the conversation and i know i'm kind of going off topic here but the conversation anymore that gonzaga doesn't play anybody just needs to be done it just needs to be done when you look at the schedule again so uh san diego state's going to be good but they're going to be much different than they were a year ago dutcher coach brian dutcher one of the most uh underrated nationally uh, in regards to getting credit, but um, he and his staff do a great job. I don't think they're a Final Four type team this year, but they are dang good. All right, so let's look then past that, and we get to largely the rest of that is WCC play, but there is one specific stretch that we have alluded to before that you have labeled as kind of like the linchpin of we're going to figure out who this team really is, and that's the month of February where they take on St. Mary's Portland, Kentucky, LMU in a, in a pretty tight 12 day stretch. Is that still the key part of the season that you're looking at once we hit WCC play, or have you had some time to maybe drift towards, you know, Hey, I'm a little bit more worried about this, that, or the other. No, I think that's an important stretch for sure, because that's, if I remember correctly, that's about two thirds of the way through, uh, uh, WCC play. So you uh, should know who uh, once you they are. are finished with that stretch, they have everybody one more time and then they're done. So it's, it's by the so, time they're done, it's February 15th 
and it's, you know, closing time on the WCC play. Yeah. So I think really what you're looking at there is you're looking at, you know, who you are as a team by that point, you've played everybody in the league. You should, should know who everybody else is in the league at that point, but then you get a chance to go outside your league and play a team like Kentucky, who's a top 10, top 15 ish team this season uh, and, and test yourself in a new environment. I mean, yeah, you get the the environment of playing at St. Mary's in front of 3,800 people. You get the experience of playing uh, at LMU again, 4,500 people. But to prepare yourself for opportunities to play in the NCAA tournament, um, you haven't played in front of crowds like that since early in the season. So you go out, you're going to play at Kentucky with nearly 20,000 people um, in a different style of game than you're used to in the WCC with style of play with athletes with different officials i think it's a great test for gonzaga right there so then at that point we have kind of talked about the schedule i think we can expect maybe once we get into the little bit closer to it we'll talk more in depth about wcc but let me ask you then the big question that's on everybody's mind how many wins losses this year ah i i had a feeling you were going to try to peg me on this and and i'm one of those guys that have never I don't want to say right. one of those me, guys, but I, I try not to put a number on it, but quickly count up for me since I don't have the schedule pulled up. How many games will Gonzaga play before the WCC tournament? Give me that one. Before WCC play or before the tournament? But no, sorry. Before the WCC tournament. We know there'll be 16 WCC games. So I'm guessing they'll have... 29, I think, is is the max allowed. I see 24 on here, depending how many they end up playing in Maui. It could be 26 or 7. Okay. So it's always three in Maui, so that would be 27. Right? Okay. Uh, so 27, then- and then I believe there are, lo- there, there are two games are left to be filled on schedule. So let's, let's say 29 games okay. going into the WCC tournament. You know, there's been years now where in that case they've been 28 and 0, 25 and 4. You know, I, I think if this team is 24 wins, 25 wins going in there, um, that that's that that's solid. Uh, I think if you're sitting at that with the schedule that they've played, your net's extremely high. Uh, you're prepared, you've played all different styles of, of teams. Um, you know, it's, I think you're looking at 25 wins. Um, you're, you're sitting in a good spot. I, I think that's a bit of a tepid uh, 24, 25, but I like that. It's, it's a confident enough. We got to well, get, I, I, I'll say this. I'm not going out there and saying Gonzaga is running the table this year. Well, you're going to have those fans that are going to do that. That's, that, that's not me. I mean, I, I look at just more in terms of, uh, the post-production social media clipping job that our wonderful people do behind the scenes. Yeah. Into- so this one's going to go out there and circle. Well, no, no, but you, you, said, and, you took, yeah. you took 90 seconds to say 24 or 25 wins when you could just have hit it with 25 wins, baby. Whoa. And that would be all they need to just click and click and click and love you. But hey, we'll get you there eventually, Dan. We'll turn we'll turn you into a walking, talking TikTok reels type dude. Uh, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <laughs> then, 
Dan wants so little of that that they built a whole studio so Dan could avoid working with me. Uh, that that was the entire game plan there. All right, Dan, thank you very much. We will, like we said, have all the like the in-depth of the WCC, and there's probably a couple more schedules. So this is not entirely the schedule, but I think we get a pretty good gist of where this season is headed and kind of you know some of the major plot lines to look forward to. So I thank you very much for setting that up for us, Dan. Like we mentioned before, follow us at Fan Nation Zags on all the social media and make sure you search and subscribe Gonzaga Nation wherever you get your podcasts. Until then, we'll talk to you guys soon.